0: Hey, welcome to Slate Church, it's good to see you today. My name is Jared Moore, I'm one of the site pastors here at church. I have the privilege of leading under our four lead pastors, pastors Luke and Victoria Becker, and pastors Brandon and Emma Richardson. We're so glad that you would join us for church today. If this is your first time, we would love to get to know you, get connected with you. So there's a button popping up in the chat right now if you're watching this live, it says connect on it. We'd love for you to click on that so that we could just get a phone number, some email, maybe we can start chatting with you a little bit, get connected, and if you've been coming for a while and you call Slate Church home, we'd love for you to invite somebody to church today. Before we even jump in and begin, we've got lots of stuff going on. And so there's another button coming up in the chat. that says invite. If you click on that, you can send this to somebody, get them coming and joining us for church today. But hey, we're going to jump into a time of worship. We're really excited about it. So wherever you find yourself, you can just stand up, raise your hands, whatever that looks like for you today. We'd love for you to engage with us in worship as we worship together as a church.
1: It's gonna be all right Every little thing's gonna be just fine Whether I can see it now I know you will work it out perfect way for me why would, would I, I dwell, dwell upon, upon the roads uncertainties when all I gotta do is look to you yeah all I gotta do is look to you every little thing's gonna be alright Things gonna be just fine. Whether I can see it now.
2: me in water as deep as the sea. Hide me in love, your healing embrace. Peace like a river, wash over me. As I worship your majesty
1: worship your holy name, Jesus my everything, all that I am. your presence, as I pour out your praise. Come Holy Spirit, Lord have your way. And as I worship your majesty, I worship your gates and flood every heart with mercy pour out your presence inhabit our praise as we cry holy
2: like you've done it before won't you do it again
1: Lord send a revival break out. Come now in power. Cover this land like you've done it before. send it now a move of your spirit heaven break out come now in power cover this land like you've done it before would you do it again Lord send revival Lord send it now a move of your spirit heaven break out come now in power cover this land like you've done it before would you do it again would you do it again
3: come on church listening to the other I stand upon the solid rock of faith in Christ. This steadfast hope shall not break apart within the trial. I am assured His promises will never fail. As long as life remains, He is faithful. God is patient, and God is kind. He does not envy, He does not boast. His ways are higher than my own. Thoughts consume the great unknown. Of this alone, I am sure. My God is love. Draw my breath under His created windswept sky I know this soul shall last long after my flesh retires From dusk until the dawn He calls His children home His righteousness at last generations God is patient, God is kind, He does not envy, He does not boast, His ways are higher than my own, His thoughts consume the great unknown, of this alone I am sure, my God is
4: love.
3: Sing. He is Almighty God, Elohim, Maker of the earth. He is the Lord of hosts, Heaven's King, God of them is worth His kingdom stands above every power, every living soul. His love is like the sun, ever true. Shining over all, He is almighty God, Elohim, maker of the earth, He is the Lord of hosts, heaven's King. God is kind, He does not envy, He does not boast, His ways are higher than my own, His thoughts consume the great unknown, of this alone I am sure, my God is love.
2: Well, hey,
0: what an incredible time of worship we just had. One of the things that we do in all of our services, we take time after we worship to pause and to pray over some of the prayer requests that have come in over the past week. So if you got a prayer request in your life, this is an open opportunity for anybody. You can submit those prayer requests. We pray over them at our prayer mornings. Uh, we pray over them throughout the week. We take time to pray over them on a Sunday as well. And so uh, you can go to slatechurch.com prayer to submit those, but we're gonna read off some of them here today and we're gonna pray over them together. This week we're praying for someone's mother who passed away from a long and difficult battle with cancer. We're praying for the family that they can find healing and comfort during this time. We're also praying for a family who unexpectedly lost their 16 year old son. We're praying that somebody would be able to pass a major exam that they're writing in July and we're praying for someone as they apply to law schools, so that their process will be stress-free, that they get into a school and that there'd be financial provision. So many different uh, prayer requests. You know, maybe you got one of your own today and so we wanna pray for that as well. But let's, uh, let's pray together here. God, we thank you so much that we can come to you with our requests, that we can come to you with our prayers, that we can come to you with our needs. God, whether they feel large to us or small, Um, God, I thank you that you hear all of these needs, that you hear all of these requests. And so we pray for the families that are experiencing loss this week. God, we pray that you would comfort them, that you would be close to them. God, that you would lift their heads and and encourage their hearts. We're praying for those that are stressed out about uh, finances or, or school or the future or jobs, whatever that looks like. God, we pray that you would be with them, God, that you would encourage them, that you would open doors for them to be able to actually um, you know, see that there's a, there's a, something more in this for them, God. And we pray for those that are uh, even just struggling right now in this COVID season of, of wrestling through uh, what it looks like to, you know, spend a lot of time alone. God, we pray that you would be close to them and comfort their hearts and lift their heads in this season. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for this. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. Hey, one of the things that we do after we pray is that we actually take a minute to look back and, and praise God for all that he's done in our situations, all that he's done in our lives and in our church. And so we're going to take a minute to, today to actually uh, read out some of those praise reports as well. So we got somebody that's thankful that God provided the exact amount they needed to pay for rent and repairs on their car. How incredible is that? Wherever you are, I don't know if it looks like clapping your hands or whatever, but let's celebrate what God is doing in people's lives even just at our homes today. Someone's thankful for all the people who helped them move and that the move went smoothly. Surprisingly, a lot of people moving right now in the middle of COVID. I think uh, Beth and I have helped five or six people in the last two weeks. But hey, if you're moving, congratulations, that's a cool thing. But uh, thankful that that went smooth for somebody. Someone's thankful for a full-time teaching job. That's amazing. Someone else is thankful for an amazing family time on Canada Day. How great is that? And uh, last one here, someone's thankful for a great pregnancy and a healthy baby on the way. How phenomenal is that? Come on, wherever you are, let's just celebrate that together for what God is doing in the lives of people. Also, wherever you are, take a minute, usually when we're in-person, we we pause here to turn around and shake hands and say hi to people, and uh, even though you might just be at home with your family or with some kids, or maybe you've got a couple over today, whatever that looks like for you, take a minute, turn around, say hi, and really send somebody a text message. I think a lot of people are really feeling lonely in this season, and just an encouraging text message from you today could change the entirety of their week, and so why don't you take a minute and just text somebody and say hello to them today. Hey, we're going to take some time in our service today to actually uh, hear from one of our lead pastors, and he's going to encourage us in our generosity today. So why don't we just take a minute, welcome Pastor Luke, as he comes to encourage us in our generosity.
5: Well, hey, church, I'm really excited to talk to us and encourage us in our giving this week. You know, I'm so thankful that we are a church that is generous. I'm so thankful that in, in and out of every season, whatever might be facing us, we are a generous, church. And that is an incredible thing. As lead pastors, we are so thankful for the generosity and the faithfulness of our church when it comes to our finances. And just to encourage us in our giving today, I want to read to you a short verse out of Matthew chapter six. This is one of my favorite parts of the entire Bible. Jesus is teaching his followers about not worrying, about not worrying about the clothes that they'll wear, about what they're going to eat, all of these types of things that we love to worry about. And, you know, one of the things that I think people worry about more than anything else is finances, is money. It can be the kind of thing that worries us, that that causes us anxiety. It can be a big struggle for us, all of these different types of things. But I love what Jesus has to say about worrying when it comes to material things he says very simply matthew 6 but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well i wonder when it comes to your money what are you seeking first are you seeking first uh personal gratification or are you seeking first kingdom impact? You know, I think there's something so powerful when we actually uh, are faithful when it comes to our tithe, and when we give that which we have been blessed with back to God, it's amazing how he can just unleash miracles in our world, how we see people's lives transformed, how we see his church built uh, in amazing ways that more people can be reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, it's my encouragement to you this week to seek God first when it comes your finances before uh, the things that you would just love to get for yourself, before even the things that you need to pay. I think there's something so powerful with making a, an incredible statement of obedience, a statement of faith, and a statement of trust that says, God, I know that you're bigger than my worry. I know that you're bigger than the financial struggle. I know that you're bigger than all of this stuff. I'm going to seek you first with my finances and I'm going to give. I'm going to tithe. And there's just been Story after story in our church of ways that God has provided for people as they have been faithful when it comes to giving. So I want to encourage you with that this week. Let's, as a church and as individuals, let's seek God first with our finances. And I really believe that He's going to do incredible things through your giving that's going to make a real, true kingdom impact in our world. So, hey, why don't you just Take uh, take a hand and stretch it out to the screen right now as we pray over those finances. If you're giving on your phone, why don't you just hold your phone? If you're giving online, whatever, stretch out a hand. If you're giving cash, i don't know how you're going to do that right now but just hold the wad of cash if that's you you can figure out how to give and uh, we'll figure that out Um, otherwise there's going to be a whole bunch of options that are coming up on the screen as well ways that you can give but let's pray over the giving right now and really believe that god is going to bless it and that he's going to do amazing things with it father we thank you that we are so blessed we thank you for this opportunity to give we thank you for the the statement of faith that it actually is in our world as we give to you father we just pray that you would bless the gift and the giver we just pray god that through this giving you would do the miraculous we love you lord in your mighty name we pray amen
0: hey slate church it's good to see you all today thanks for tuning into church online my name is jared moore i'm one of the site pastors here at church Hey, one of the things that we've been doing in this season is taking a a pause or just a moment out of our services to highlight some of the stories of people in our church that share a little bit of what God has done in their life. And so today we've got somebody with us. Why don't you introduce yourself?
6: Hi, I'm Julie Gullison.
0: Julie, you're actually part of our leadership team here at church. And so it's cool to have you on and to to talk a little bit today. Um, You know, tell us a little bit about what your relationship with God was like as you were growing up.
6: Growing up, I lived in a Christian household and had two Christian parents and was involved in everything you could be involved in at church. My parents uh, served faithfully every Sunday. I did BBS, I did Pioneers, like Girl Scouts at church. And uh, I loved being at church. I was um, passionate about it and would run to the front to give my life to Jesus every week until a leader kindly told me you only have to do it once which was great news but uh, that, that was growing up um changed a little bit down the road but that was definitely most of my childhood
0: when you say it changed a little bit down the road uh, what do you mean
6: when i was in my teenage years uh, my parents actually got divorced and it kind of sent me down a path where i just decided the church wasn't for me and i really wanted to explore some different avenues and I thought I could do it better on my own Um, and there was a number of years that that was going on and there was um, death, there was mental health stuff, there was partying, there was abusive relationships, there was a lot of unhealthy friendships and that sort of thing too and I just thought I could do better on my own and so I tried it for a while.
0: What, uh, What changed for you in that?
6: I can remember one night for sure that changed. I remember being at a party and just kind of looking around at people around me. And uh, I just remember thinking like, there's just gotta be more to life than this, like working Monday to Friday to just party Friday, Saturday, and then be hungover on Sunday. I was like, I hope there's more. And so I actually ended up going back to church the next week. Um, And I actually remember on the drive home, Out of nowhere, I just felt like this joy uh, overflowed to the point of me just bawling my eyes out, and uh, I had to pull over on the side of the road, and I just didn't realize how empty I had been feeling, and I just didn't realize that I was missing happiness in my life. I thought I was doing okay, Um, but I just remember crying and asking God, I said, is that you? And I remember clearly him saying, I never left. And uh, yeah, the next week I uh, stopped going to parties altogether, fully dedicated myself uh, back to God and threw myself in to church again. And I have never regretted that. What does what life
0: look like now um, that you've sort of made that a priority again?
6: Great. I mean, it, it's from that moment, there have still been lots of challenging things that have happened. It's not like life has been perfect or anything since I rededicated my life. Um, but God has been so present in the challenging times. He's called me into things that I never would have stepped into without Him. And He's brought passions forward that I didn't know that I had. and. Uh, things, gifts that I didn't know that I had and brought friends into my life that I didn't know I could have Um, and it's just been it's just been so good and there's something really powerful about prioritizing God and um, when you prioritize Him everything else in your life like from the overflow is affected by it uh, in a really beautiful way.
0: It's awesome. What would you say to somebody maybe that is struggling in their relationship with God and is trying to figure out what that means to them or what it even means to prioritize God in their life?
6: I would say keep pushing forward and keep learning. Um, God is so creative and the Bible can be so fascinating. And there's like the Bible Project, Understanding My Strange Bible. Um, Honestly, our services every week, like Connect Groups. There's so many different fun parts of God to learn and understand. And um, just keep pressing into Him. Keep learning. Um, Keep trying to hear His voice. Go into His Word. If you don't understand it, there's so many resources to help bring it to life. And just bring Him into your decision. Say, God, I don't understand this. Can you help me see? God, like, what are you trying to say to me in this passage? Uh, God, who do I need to talk to about this? God, why am I feeling this way? Um, Just bring him into it and I think you'll be really amazed uh, by how he how he can move through those sorts of things.
0: It's awesome. Julie, thank you so much for taking time to share a little bit of what God has done in your life. Uh, I know that we're blessed to have you uh, as part of the team here at Slay Church, just part of our church in general. Thank you for um, yeah, allowing God to work in you and being uh, who you are, which is basically just the nicest person anybody will ever meet. So it's great to have you uh, on and hear a bit of your story. Uh, thanks again.
6: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, hey, we're gonna take a minute here to highlight some of the things that we have going on in the life of Slate Church right now. And so the first thing that I wanna talk about today, ready for this, is summer school. Summer school is a phenomenal thing that we've got running through the summer. It is not summer school like you know it. It's a whole new take on summer school. I know we ran summer school last year, but we've improved it from last year. It's gonna be even better this year. We've got two phenomenal courses that we're running this summer, okay? So the first course is Theology Boot Camp. It's going to be a great opportunity for people to learn a little bit more about the theology, a little bit more about what we actually believe as Christians, deeper dives on different topics and things like that. And so uh, we've actually been overwhelmed with the interest in this course. And so we have a waitlist going on. It doesn't mean that you can't sign up, doesn't mean that you shouldn't sign up, but we've got a wait list. We're figuring out on the back end how to make it all work for everybody. But we would love for you to take part in summer school in our theology boot camp or the second one, which is also phenomenal is Alpha. Alpha is a great course for anybody that maybe is new to faith, understanding what is it actually that I, I now believe. I've made a decision to follow Jesus, but tell me a little bit more about how that impacts my life. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe you've been following Jesus for a lot of years, and you still want to get a deeper understanding of what you believe. Alpha is the course for you, and so we would love for you to sign up for that. We still got some spots available. Uh, registrations are open, but hey, don't wait to register. We would love to see you jump in there, that way we can figure everything out and get it all ready for you guys as you come in to summer school. The other thing that I would just want to talk about uh, in this moment is our social media. Many of you guys follow us on Instagram or Facebook or things like that. We would love for you to follow us there. That way, you can hear things about our prayer mornings that happen, get updates on connect groups, all of the things that happen. We kind of push all of that towards social media. And so, if you can see that, if you're following us on any of those accounts, that would be phenomenal. We'd love for you to check those out. and uh, And look, Great thing about this season uh, is that wherever you are, whatever's going on in your summer, there's still an opportunity to be plugged in, still an opportunity to be connected, still an opportunity to tune into church. Uh, Even if you're at the beach, how easy it is to pull your phone out, watch what's going on, still stay connected to your church family here. And so we'd love for you to do that as well. Now we've got the message coming up today. I'm excited about it. Looking forward to hearing the word today. And so we've got Pastor Emma speaking to us. Let's ready our hearts for the word as Pastor Emma delivers this message.
7: Hey church, welcome to another Sunday. Maybe you're watching this on demand. We're excited that you have tuned in. Uh, we're really glad that you are with us. Listen. It is summertime, we have started our summer services. We're excited about that. We're headed into summer school, all of these different things that are happening this summer. So make sure that you are leaning in to what is going on. We're excited, we have some things that we're gonna be announcing, some things coming up, and it's really a lot of fun, but today, I am excited to preach to you. I'm excited to open up God's Word, share what I believe He's been laying on my heart for our community at this time. And I just encourage you to lean in right from the start, uh, right from the beginning. Why don't you pull out a notebook, pull out your phone, just jot down some notes so that you can look back on this later in the week. Maybe you wanna watch this message again later in the week just to be able to say, okay, God, what are you saying to me? in this today. You've already done the hard work, you've tuned in, you've shown up, you've uh, put on uh, church today. And so why don't you say, okay, God, what can I receive from this? What do you have for me as I go out of this place today? So we're gonna dive right in to scripture and we're gonna be going into Acts chapter eight. I've been kind of sitting in Acts every time I preach for the past couple of times. I know Brandon's been in and out of Acts as well, but I am so enthralled and so amazed with what was happening with the early church in the midst of persecution, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of challenges, and what God was able to do in that time. And I think I'm so drawn to Acts right now because we are in an unprecedented time as a church. We are in a time that is so uncertain We're in a time where we don't know what's gonna happen and really on a global scale, but we are still trusting a good God. We are trusting a God who knows what's going to happen, all knowing, and we can actually look to Him just as these Christians did in these early days of the church. So Acts chapter eight, starting in verse nine, it's just a small portion of scripture, a small story in the grander story of Acts, but I think it's one that we are actually gonna learn from on a personal level today. It says this, "'Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people in Samaria he boasted that he was someone great and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called uh, the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Because these people were believing and hungry and obviously hungry for who Jesus was in their lives and the change this could make, Peter and John actually came to Samaria and they began laying hands on people. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. People were healed. It was just incredible things going on. So if we jump down to verse 18, there's this interaction that takes place with Simon, and Peter, and it goes like this, when Simon saw that Peter was give, uh, that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Feels a little bit harsh there, Peter. Verse 24, then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Let's pray, church. God, I thank you that we get to gather here together today, Lord. I thank you that we get to um, join in from wherever we are, our living rooms, bedrooms, kitchens, uh, cottages, wherever we might be on this Sunday or throughout the week. I just pray that you would meet us there and just speak through me today, Lord. In your name, amen. Well, listen, if you are taking notes and you do have a uh, uh, notes for this sermon, why don't you entitle it a matter of the heart, a matter of the heart. You know, we meet this Simon, the sorcerer uh, right in this Acts chapter eight, but there has been a lot going on leading up to this portion of scripture in Acts. You see, Jesus has ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit has fallen, given power to the people and the the leaders of this time obviously are not excited about this. They're like, what is going on? And persecution starts to break out. We see in just a chapter before, the stoning of Stephen, this Jesus follower, is stoned to death, and there is just this scattering of the church. But the incredible thing that takes place here is that the church may be scattered, but they are not silenced. They go to all these different places and they're preaching the good news everywhere they go. And we see this throughout this book of Acts. It didn't stop them. You know, let's the, let's have this be something that is said about us, Slate Church during this pandemic. Yes, there was a pandemic. Yes, they weren't able to meet in person. Yes, it was a challenging time. But those people at Slate Church, man, they preached the Word of God everywhere they went. They loved Jesus in every situation they found themselves. They were full of faith when they were facing difficulties and uncertainties, not fear let's allow that to be something that's said about us as a church just as it was said about these christians in acts philip one of jesus's followers he goes to samaria and he says okay let's see who wants to believe in jesus here let me preach this good news let me preach what jesus has done people are healed evil spirits are brought out just miraculous things and a lot of attention is drawn over to philip but you see Samaria so was already occupied by a shallow powerful man, Simon the sorcerer. He was doing miraculous things but not in the name of Jesus and people were following him like crazy. You know, every year uh, at in Waterloo, we have something called a Busker Festival. It's at the end of August, it's uptown Waterloo. Um I've been going really since I was a little kid, but we've gone in recent years. I'm not sure if it's happening this year. You'll have to check it out, probably not. Um, but we've gone, and at these busker festivals, there's basically street entertainers, okay? So if you've never been, picture this. Basically, there's someone with some sort of act. Maybe it's a fire act, acrobatics, dance, um, some sort of magic show, whatever. There's an act, there's kind of a thing that, that, that someone has, and they, basically put on this act in in a parking lot or on the street and crowds gather around. They create kind of a circle. And if you've been, you know that these are full of uh, kind of crude jokes and amazing feats and volunteer uh, uh, participation coming into it. And there's this crowd that gathers around and watches um, this person in the middle with their microphone on and all of their props and the different things happening for 15, 20 minutes, whatever length their act is. And it's kind of this exciting thing. And you're together in community and you're watching this thing going on. And at the end, they ask for you to give them some money and pay for it and all the rest of it. And it's, it's a fun uh, thing to do on a Friday night late in the summer. But I, I kind of picture Simon the sorcerer like this sort of street performer. Um, he had all this this sorcery, this kind of magic, this these powers and it wasn't from Jesus, but he had drawn a crowd around him that were interested, that were following, that he was influential over, and they were focused on him and had their attention on him. But how many of us know that even with the Busker Festival, all of a sudden, if another act starts up, uh, just, you know, a little ways over and they've got their mic on and they're calling people to come around and they're getting attention and they've got all of these things that they're doing and you hear the oohs and ahs of someone else, it's easy for people to go, well, what's happening over there? This, this act is getting a little bit old. I'm going to go see what's happening over there. And the people are not, uh, super, um, dedicated necessarily to a specific act. This is kind of what I picture going on here, but the difference here is that when Philip comes on the scene, he doesn't bring a message of entertainment or of information. He brings a message of hope and life transformation. Okay, there's a difference here. It's not just another act going on. This actually has the depth that is going to be the truth that people need in order to sustain them. This is going to bring life transformation, not just information. I love Romans 12, two says, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to make sure that we are being transformed, and that's what Philip offered these people. You see, when Philip comes and starts proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, many men and women were baptized. Many people came to the faith at that time. You know, I wanna tell you, church, that sometimes when you look at the state of society, it can be easy to just kind of sit back and go, maybe people are a little bit too far gone. Maybe people actually are not interested. Um, If they were interested, wouldn't they have already come to church? I mean, I share things on social media once in a while. Wouldn't they have already come if they were interested? Or people have a lot going on in their lives, and, and, and do I really have something to offer them? Maybe they're just a bit too far gone. Is this even relevant for them today? And the answer is yes, it is relevant. People are not too far gone. The people in Samaria were amazed by Simon. He had done things to get their attention. They were following him. But when the name of Jesus is proclaimed, the people abandon their ties and recognize what is the real deal, as we see in verse 12. We need to not say someone's no for them and just say, oh, because you're enamored by this or you hold these beliefs or you hold these thoughts, therefore you must not be open to this message of Jesus. It's incredible when the truth is proclaimed, it cuts through the, the most stubborn hearts It cuts through the most hardened people. It cuts through the the belief system that's been in place since childhood. It cuts through the situations that people don't understand in their lives. It cuts deep into the heart of the people. And so this message of Jesus that was relevant then is relevant today. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to give this message to other people. The human spirit is desperate for genuine truth. And when the Holy Spirit is present in someone's life, There's nothing that can stop that draw. It is so attractive. So yes, people might seem preoccupied, but you can be a change in someone's life. Even Simon. Simon was the ringleader. He was the sorcerer. He was the one that was performing these acts that people were following. He was the influencer on social media at the time, okay? He had all of the likes. He had all of the follows. He had tons of comments coming out. He was YouTubing and and vlogging and doing all of these things. That was Simon the sorcerer. But it's like he stopped his own busker's show when Philip came into town and said, hey, what's going on over there? I need to go check that out for myself." And he was baptized and he believed in verse 13. He was absolutely amazed by what Philip was doing. You know, and if we stop reading right there in scripture for like, okay, done for the day, just going to stop there. I think we would be so amazed with what had happened. What a great testimony. Let's share that story. Let's create that as a win. This guy who was leading the pack in the wrong direction, who was so spiritually uh, uh, unaware, who was messed up, who was on the outs, who had influence in such a, a, a negative way. He came to know Jesus. He had a a transformation of the Holy Spirit and being baptized. He actually followed Philip. What a testimony. Let's shout this from the rooftop. But you know, when we wanna see people far from God, come to Jesus. We wanna see people come into relationship with Him, not just receive information about Him, not just kinda understand a little bit about what's going on here, but to actually have genuine relationship. And relationship is a journey. It's a drawing close. It's something that happens over time. You see, relationship is more than a meet-cute. It's more than a first introduction. It's more than a familiar face. It's journeying with another person. And this passage really demonstrates a a theological concept, and this is justification and sanctification. You see, Simon was justified. He received God's grace. By Jesus dying on the cross and rising again, his sin was wiped clean because he believed this, because he followed Jesus. He didn't have to worry about that anymore. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve that gift, but this is the gift that Jesus has given us, this free gift of salvation, that we can be right with Him, that what once separated us from God no longer does. That is justification. We are justified before God. But what we see here Is that Simon comes face to face with the process of sanctification. This is what happens when we are growing to be more like Jesus. We are growing in holiness. We are laying down things that are not of Christ, things that are sinful, things that are are part of our nature that, that don't have any place, that are part of brokenness. We're laying that down. We're growing more like Jesus. And Simon comes in contact with this because what we see in him is pride, rear its ugly head. It's a matter of the heart, and he hadn't dealt with it. He hadn't dealt with the pride that was holding him back and holding on to him and creating him into this uh, persona that he had held for so long. He had pride in his heart, and we see this come up in his interaction with Peter. He was spiritually young. He was trying to figure it out, and as much as he was following the truth that sin was still deeply rooted in his heart. He hadn't released it yet at this point. But you know, when we read this, sometimes it can feel like, wasn't Peter's response a little bit harsh? Like he comes pretty hard at him for Simon being a new believer, for Simon just trying to figure this out. But it's because Peter recognizes the seriousness of sin. And he recognizes the matter of heart that is taking place in Simon. He's not looking at him and just going, oh, well, he's maybe a little bit naive. Maybe he has some questions. That's valid. That's fair. But Peter goes, no, 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 no. That's not what this is about. This is a matter of pride in the heart. And this is actually a bigger deal than what you might be making it right now. You know, so often we can see sin in our own lives. We can see pride in our own lives. And we totally just write it off not that big of a deal. I'll just kind of hide it. I'll just have it as a pet. I'll just keep it. I'll just feed it a little bit. But it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really affect me. Sometimes as Christians, we like to pick and choose what is okay for us to do and what is sinful and what is considered. But listen, you're not in charge of that. Jesus came. He set a direction. He set a way. He gives us the Word of God that we can look to to guide us because we don't have all of the answers. And if we're gonna live life to the fullest, we need to trust that God has given us direction and clarity for a reason. You see, Simon wasn't just asking because he was naive and ignorant. He was asking because he was prideful. You see, pride is a sneaky sin that is that was all over Simon but is often all over us as well. And we become ignorant to it and we start to to forget that it's there because it is something that is so glorified in society. In society, focusing on yourself, focusing on your abilities, focusing on uh, uh, your qualifications, focusing on you, The good, the bad, the ugly, the things you love, the things you hate, the things you're focused on, the achievements you're going to get, the people that you can step over, the comparison with other people. The focus on yourself is something that is celebrated. It's something that is talked about. It's something that is studied. It's something that is on the forefront. So when we focus on ourselves, sometimes we can get into a place of cheering ourselves on, that we are preoccupied with ourselves. And in scripture, in the Christian faith, pride is sinful. It's not about you. I I define pride as a preoccupation with yourself and your own achievements, qualities, and possessions. C.S. Lewis says that pride is really the greatest sin that leads to so many others. I love a couple of quotes from him. It says, there's no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves. He's talking about pride. He says this as well, As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. You see, Simon's entire goal was for people to see him. His ability, when he turned to believe in Jesus, and his ability, it didn't completely change. When he turned to Jesus, his focus on self did not go away. You see, pride is something that all of us deal with in some capacity. It's something that we need to revisit time and time again. The thought of this being bad is totally countercultural, and we need to call it for what it is and recognize that when we go into relationship with Christ, it means a sacrificing of ourselves. Galatians 2:20, uh, Paul writes, "I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me." This life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. It's all about Jesus. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's actually all about Him. And this is a different lens and a different perspective that we need to look at daily and pick up and put on daily and recognize that it's not about me. As Christians, we are not called to live for ourselves, our gain. We're not called to live in competition with other people. We are called to live sacrificially for Jesus Christ and what He has called us to. You know, pride affects us. It's not a sin that just uh, we can sweep under the rug and forget about, it actually affects us. And we can see this in Simon. And I've got four quick points for you just about what pride does to us and what humility on the other side of it does for us. The first one is this, pride seeks power, humility recognizes the source of power. You see, Simon didn't wanna receive the Holy Spirit to serve others well and point them to Christ. He wanted to do it so he could be powerful like the disciples. You see, when power is in our hands and it's used the wrong way and with the wrong perspective and pride is involved with it, it erodes integrity. We become bloated in personal significance and make decisions out of being able to have influence over other people. You know, it's not about, it's not that as Christians we live to, we need to live in a poverty, powerless, uh, mentality. It's remembering where our power comes from. Sometimes as Christians, we're like, oh, well, then we should just go. And you know, not really of any influence or anything to say for people. We should just live these humble lives with no possessions and no materials because that would focus on us and our power and that would be prideful. And we, we have this messed up mentality, this poverty mindset that as Christians, we should just be the, the dirt and the scum of the earth. That is not what God is saying. Humility seeks to understand where this power comes from. We are powerful, we have power within us, but not because of ourselves and not because of our pride and not because of who we are, but of, because of who Jesus is. You know, when Brandon and I traveled to Sweden uh, a number of years ago now to visit with Luke and Victoria and to see them, I was reminded on that trip that I could not just bring my hairdryer and plug it in to an outlet there. Because our power source is different from Sweden to Canada. Our our wattage is different. If I plugged it in, it would fry. It would not work so well. I had to put an adapter in place. Pride plugs us into the wrong power source. It's saying, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna shove it into an outlet. I'm gonna make this work. Humility actually recognizes that we can't just come in with our Uh, hair dryers, so to speak, and shove them in an outlet that is not going to work, that is not set up for that. We need to go through the source in order to get the power, and the source is Jesus Christ. The power is not for our gain. The power is to recognize that He's in control and we get to be His hands and feet on this earth. You know, I was talking to my grandmother a few weeks ago, and I said, Grandma, you've lived such a great, faithful life, and you're such an amazing, strong woman. And she just very simply said to me, yeah, it's all because of Jesus. It's not me, it's Him. And I thought it was such a great recognition of humility in that moment. So pride seeks power, humility recognizes the source of the power. Point number two, pride is self-serving, humility is surrendered. You know, this is literally the definition of pride, that it is self-serving. Simon wanted everyone to follow him. He had this before, he was craving it again. On one end, it can feel good to have people watch and follow you. Maybe you just heard this statement and you are cringing because on the other end, you might be going, that's my worst nightmare. I wouldn't want anyone to see me. I wouldn't want anyone to follow me. You know what that thought? That is still self-serving. If you're neglecting sharing the gospel because that's just not your personality, that in itself is being prideful. Jesus has created you as you are. He's not surprised by your personality. He created your personality, but he still wants you to go and make disciples as it talks about in the Great Commission in Matthew 28. This doesn't mean that if you're working a factory job, or, uh, our stay-at-home mom, or you are in a place that you thought you'd be in a different place by now, or you're in a, uh, you're in a living situation that you thought would be different. That doesn't mean that you are living a small, insignificant life. If you're in a place where you are self-sacrificing and you are surrendered, that in itself is a large, faith-filled life. That is an, a, a life that is um, following in obedience to what Christ has called us to do. We need to make sure that we are surrendered because no one else is coming into your workplace. No one else is coming into your family. No one else is coming to your friends. You are there. So so make sure that you're not so focused on yourself and what you can and can't do that you miss out on the opportunity to be self-sacrificial and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. The third is this. Pride is persistent. Humility is cultivated. He was baptized, he chose to believe, but his old ways were not fully gone from him. You see, we need to seek transformation more than we seek contentment. This is a hard one. Most people I talk to say, I don't like change. I don't want change. But listen, transformation is a part of living self-sacrificially, living surrendered, that we actually recognize that change is part of that. Just living a content life where you're not allowing the Spirit to do the work in you is a source of pride. It's easy to simply grow content. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? But but finding ourselves uh, contentment inside of ourselves is a sign that we have not yet died to ourselves. We need to recognize that in and of itself, uh, it can be a form of pride, that somehow we deserve to be content. Humility brings joy, but a deep spiritual joy, not just shallow happiness and contentment. You see, contentment can lead to laziness when we need to be cultivating humility and spending time with Jesus, worshiping, praying for other people around us. Don't grow so content in yourself that you miss out on what God has called you to do, that you miss out on what Jesus has called you to do. Action is going to lead to happiness. I was listening to a podcast the other day and I was hearing them say like, it's one thing to be exhausted and we need to maybe slow down if you're exhausted, but if you're running a race as we are called to run, You're going to be tired. Every time I run, I run every night of the week almost. I am tired every time I run. It's never going to be a walk in the park. And that's how it is in Christ as well. It's okay to be tired as a Jesus follower, but we are constantly cultivating humility. We are not pulling onto pride and just seeking uh, to be satisfied in and of ourselves and live this content life, this American dream, this North American Canadian dream that our, our people around us are living. That is not where you're going to find your fulfillment. Number four, pride seeks position. Humility seeks calling. You see, uh, uh, Simon comes to faith and he immediately wants to influence and have position similar to the apostles. We need to constantly check our motives. You see, it can be just as prideful to want the position on the platform as it is to want the position in the background. What is Jesus calling you to? We need to seek out what God is calling us to and live fully in that. You are the only one who can influence the people in your lives, so we need to do that well. Let's not become preoccupied with our position because of the outer shell of whatever that looks like. We need to be hungry for where God has already positioned us, and as we walk that out, we're actually gonna find ourselves heading to the next destination that God has for us. Step into that. We need to live faithful lives, not lives seeking out this position that we think is going to fulfill us. We need to live humble lives where we're seeking out the calling that God has for us. We're all called to love God and to love others. So if the way you're living your life doesn't lead you to this, you are missing something. So how do we overcome pride? It's obviously not a great thing. We need to seek out humility. Verse 22 gives us insight. Peter says this to Simon, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. First thing we need to do is repent. Recognize that pride is sinful and let God know that you are aware of it. Then we need to pray. We need to talk to God about it. This is a daily thing. We need to recognize this pride every single day. We need to have hope. This is the third thing. When you pray, do so expectantly that God can and will forgive you. Our hope is in Jesus. That in itself is a humble position to be in. And four, receive forgiveness. When we receive forgiveness, we don't want to necessarily just forget about it. We don't wanna forget what happened completely. We need to learn from it. We don't need to carry around shame and guilt. That's not the pattern that we need to walk in as Christians, but we need to receive the forgiveness, recognize that Christ has thrown that as far as the East is from the West, be able to learn from it and grow in it. See, one thing I love about Simon is that he was able to receive harsh feedback. He took it, he asked for prayer, he realized his ways and we don't know what happens next. So many people in scripture are mostly anonymous, but I believe that he was continuing to step, continue to grow in Christ, continue to be in this process of sanctification, but he received this rough, tough feedback from Peter in the midst of it. I love that we can learn from him in this area of pride. Let's not carry pride with us today. So many of us have this underlying pride where it says, we would say, listen to me, see me, understand me, acknowledge me, follow me, watch my talent, my skill, my ability, see how I do it better. But you know what? Insecurity is a close friend of pride, thinking that everyone is judging me. Everyone is looking at me. People care if I do X, Y, or Z, so I better not do it. Feeling insecure and being preoccupied with ourselves on that end of the spectrum is just as detrimental as being preoccupied with ourselves on the other end of the spectrum. We have to constantly be pointing back to Jesus. We need to get off that spectrum and get on a new one of saying, am I exemplifying Christ in me? Am I doing this to draw people closer to Jesus? Am I living my life loving God and loving others? We need to start living our lives in a way that says, listen to Jesus, understand scripture, acknowledge the Holy Spirit, follow Him, Watch His talent, His skill, His ability. See how He does it best. Church, we have to lay down our pride today and refocus ourselves on Him. Let's not let our preoccupation with ourselves claim our testimony of who He is in us. Let's lift our eyes. Let's grow our awareness. Let's not uh, hide under a rock. We are made as lights that we need to be sitting on a hill, that we are shining our light, not hiding under a basket of pride, not hiding ourselves uh, and lying to ourselves, that we are the most important here. We are not the most important. You are not the most important. We are not in a universe that surrounds ourselves. We are in a universe that surrounds Jesus Christ and the sacrifice He made and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Let's seek humility today and see what happens in our lives when it is uh, released to Jesus. I can't wait to watch what happens. I can't wait to hear the stories that come in. I can't wait to hear the testimonies that come forward when we release ourselves to Jesus. So listen, if you're listening in and you're like, I, I've never heard this message before, or I've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that today. It is such an incredible decision. You're not too far gone. Look at Simon, he was messed up. He had influenced people in so many, uh, so many ridiculous ways. He was working uh, outside of what God had for him, but even he was able to come to Jesus. You can be justified today. You can come into relationship with Jesus today, and it's simply by making a decision in your heart that you want to follow him. So I'm gonna pray for you, if that's you, and I really encourage you in the chat function, why don't you click the button that says, I wanna make a decision to follow Jesus. That's just an outward expression of an inward decision to say, hey, I'm on board with that. I'm making that decision today. And let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you so much for decisions being made today to follow you, to invite you in, God. I just thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made so that we could have life in you and life abundantly, that we wouldn't be separate from you anymore, God, but we would be able to walk out in relationship with you. Jesus, we pray in your name, amen. Well, congratulations. What an awesome, awesome decision. You're about to get more information in just a moment, but before I turn it over, I just wanna pray for one more group of people. Listen, if you have listened to this message today and you're going, man, maybe I have some pride in my heart. Maybe I need to release. Maybe I need to seek humility. Some of those things you were talking about, about pride seeking power and is self-serving and, and all of these different things. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's, that's me. I wanna pray for you because the first thing we need to do is repent of this, pray about it. We need to receive forgiveness. We need to walk out in a new, opportunity with what God has for us. So if you have pride that it hasn't been dealt with and you've been made aware of it today, let's grow more like Jesus today. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you that you are the God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, a million chances, Lord, that you take our sin and you throw it away, Lord, and that we are made pure and clean because of your sacrifice, Jesus. So today we come to you with humble hearts, Lord. We recognize the pride in our lives. We recognize that we are sinners. We recognize that we don't have it all together. And God, we are taking a hard look at ourselves today. So Lord, would you just help us, Holy Spirit, to see this pride pointed out to us and help us to release it to you. Jesus, we recognize today, we acknowledge that you are the source of our power, that you are the source of our joy, that you are the one that we are living for. And I pray that you would use us as your vessels, God, to do your work in this world that needs it so badly. Jesus, don't, let, don't allow pride to get in the way in our lives, Lord, as a church, as we come before you today. Thank you, Jesus, for every single person watching, everyone tuning in, in your name, amen. Thanks so much, church. Have an incredible week ahead.
0: Hey, what a phenomenal message from Pastor Emma. Thank you for the time that you put into that and for your heart as you delivered that today. Look. Service isn't done yet. We've got something phenomenal coming up after this. And so we've actually got Next Steps happening. If you've never been to Next Steps, uh, it's really simple. We've got a little Zoom call happening after this um, service. You can jump on that. There'll be people there that would love to get to know you uh, and tell you a little bit more about the heart behind our church, who we are as a church, get to know you a little bit more, and find a place for you to get connected and get plugged in. Hey, maybe you don't want to join Next Steps in this service. You can always fill out a connect card. There's another button popping up in the chat there for. The Connect Card. We'd love to get to know you through that and actually begin to build a bit of a relationship there. It's been a phenomenal Sunday. Been a phenomenal service. We're not done yet. We've still got some kids content here, so stick around for that. They're going to direct you to the right place for all that stuff. But hey, have a great rest of your week. Have a great rest of your day. Be blessed. Glad that you could join us for church. We will see you next week.
5: Kenzie, how's it going? Good,
1: good, good,
6: good, 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 good. Hi. Slay Kids. Say hey,
5: Slay Kids is
6: now. Slay Kids is now.